Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Basor. And today, continuing with our, our wonderful month of women's history, uh, we have Lindsay Feehan, uh, owner at Emerald Transport. Lindsay, thanks for being on. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Um, before I introduce Kevin real quick, I wanted to do, uh, and this is uh, episode 88. We're getting close. We're working on a big 100, so everyone stay tuned for that. But this, uh, this week, uh, I'm sure some people said on social media, but we're doing... For the Great Lakes Expungement Network, uh, we're doing a, uh, a basically a hashback scavenger hunt. There's 11 locations, all pretty close to each other. You're going to get uh, wheat, free weed, um, different types of forms of it, whether it be uh, pre-rolls, edibles, you know, carts, um, and other cool stuff. And then if you complete all 11, you're going to be entered into like four different uh, pretty, pretty awesome uh, prize packages. Like ones like, you know... The night stay at uh, the Weber Inn with a you know steak dinner, the night of the hash bash, and you know a, a suite with a pool and all that type of stuff. And there's can of tours, the bus, the limo. That's going to be wild. So um, it is a hundred dollar value at least, and it's thirty bucks. So if you uh, you know want to do it, it's going to be fun. Uh, it's great to be out and about uh, again. So it's 2022. It's uh, Let's do it. So uh, you can go to Sons and Daughters United and uh, click on there, the Hash Bash Tours, um, or, or message us if you want it. But we'll be talking more about it on the way up. So thank you for that. And uh, Kevin, thanks for uh, joining us uh, today. Tom is uh, the whole town of Kalkaska has a power outage. So Tom is busy. Uh, so Kevin's got going to hold it down, though. So that, that's the downside of living up north. You know what I mean? The whole town's <laughs> out of power. So yeah, that's a, that's a complication. I hope their plants are okay and they got some generators or something that they can do yeah. in the meantime, you know. Tom said he was fine. So he said it handled. I'm sure he's, uh, you know, had a backup plan. So for sure, that is always good uh, with them. So I want to, uh, Lindsay, uh, a little background on, on Lindsay. Um, I know that she uh, she came into the, uh, the business a little over two years ago and, uh, um, coming into it new is not easy. And, uh, you know, uh, especially, uh, uh, I believe, uh, I know you went to college in Illinois, um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, not, not being from Michigan. So that's a, that's an uphill battle for the most part. And, uh, you know, then there's, there's just, uh, I believe you're doing quite well. Um, great <laughs> reputation. Um, people seem to, to really, uh, be, you know, um, you know, drawn to your comments and different things on social media, which is always a good sign. And then, you know, Tom and, and Krista and a, a lot of other growers uh, um, say nothing but fabulous things and we'll use nobody else but Emerald uh, <laughs> Transport. So um, why don't you give a little bit of a, a background where you grew up, where you're from, and then like what, what made you just decide to make the jump and uh, what it uh, what it's been like uh, jumping in? Yeah, for sure. Um it's been kind of a crazy ride, like you said, for coming in, not being from Michigan. Um, people like to do business with with Michiganders. They prefer through and through um, to support Michigan. And uh, I guess we'll start from the beginning. Originally, I'm from Illinois. Um, I've moved all around. After college, I moved to Texas, took a job in ad sales. Um, it was a 
probably the worst job I've had, but the most that I've ever learned from. Um, there's a lot of stuff that sales applies to, even in, you know, something like transport where I'm not actually selling anything besides besides my service, which everyone needs. Um, didn't like that job, picked up, moved back to Illinois, thought I was going to be a teacher. Um, realized I don't, <laughs> I love children, but don't like kids enough to teach them. And um, wasn't really sure what I was going to do. So I was kind of bouncing between jobs. Um, ended up moving in with, with my mother-in-law. Um, shout out Ellen, thank you for letting us stay with you. And we had no money um, in Iowa. And then we ended up moving to Florida. Um, my husband and I were insurance adjusters for a little over three years. Um, it was a super lucrative industry and we got to live in Florida instead of the Midwest, which was great. Um, but in December of, I believe 2019, um, we came up to the UP to go snowmobiling, met up with my cousin, Ryan, who, um, was at the time one of the owners of the fire station in Nagani. Uh, it was the first dispo up in the UP. And uh, he he made a comment when we were at dinner about how he doesn't have as many products as he'd like because they're paying like $4,000 for transport. And I looked at my husband and I looked at my father-in-law and I was like, I know somebody who will do it for less than that. And uh, then didn't think anything of it. Went back to Florida. And about two weeks after that, I realized I will absolutely do it for cheaper than that. Like that's a lot of money. For, for something like that. We had thought about the cannabis industry, but in Florida, it's med only. Um, they don't let you grow your own, any, anything like that. So we, we had tossed the idea around and then that was, that was mid-January. And by February, we were submitting stuff for licensing. Um, it was a long licensing process, especially not being from, from Michigan, not being from the industry, not being super familiar with it. Um, there was a lot of obstacles that we didn't really even know how to to go about overcoming them. Um, so it was a lot of trial and error. And then by August of 2020, we were licensed and operating. Um, and, and here we are two years later, <laughs> we grew a lot faster than I anticipated. Um, and this year we're, I finally feel like we're, we're in a groove um, where we've, we've got things figured out and, and we know what we're doing. I'd, I'd get a lot of flack if I didn't mention the fact that it's not just me that people like, it's my team. Um, it's my team, <laughs> the people behind it. Um, Sarah, our operations manager came on with us in July and has made our processes a million times smoother. Um, so it's, it's a small team that we've got, but the people that we've got in place are what makes it, what makes it work. That's awesome. Yeah. I've, uh, I remember talking to you early on, uh, I think even before, maybe when you first got going or, mm -hmm. or right before, and you know, it's, uh, it's fun looking back to see the people that have made it and figured it out. And, you know, you did it on, on your ability and, right. and sounds like your family likes marijuana though. You gotta you get your cousin up North, you got you guys and, um, yeah. you know, what's been your relation. I mean, have you always had a relationship with cannabis or, um, no. Uh, so in, in high school, actually, my, my husband, my husband was a smoker um, and it was something that like I never would tell my mom. Right. Like, oh, like real hush hush, because especially I mean, we were in Illinois, it wasn't legal. Um, and when we decided to do this, you, you know, you guys are familiar, you have to have a certain amount of capitalization. Well, we didn't. And we're trying to rack our brain with with what the best option was. My cousin, who was really um, involved wasn't allowed to be part of our capitalization because he was an, an owner of, of a provisioning center. And so I reached out to my mom thinking for sure, she was going to tell me, absolutely not. I can't believe you're getting into cannabis. And she, before the phone call was over, it wasn't even let me think about it. It was, yeah, we can, we can sign for that. Um, 
my mom is uh, my mom and my stepdad are part owners and are moving here cool. in August. So awesome. to help us run the business. So it's it's been a huge um, transition that I think we've seen with a lot of people um, that were that were my parents. We're very against it. Are seeing this is a business. You know whether you regardless of what your feelings about cannabis are, it's a business and you have to treat it that way. And that's, uh, I love the leap of faith and, and going forward mm-hmm. and uh, all the changed minds. Um, you know, we, we discuss a lot about the market and the competition, whether it's uh, retail and then uh, wholesale, but yours is different. You have a lot different perspective that um, we don't get to hear about. And I don't get to hear about personally because uh, I don't, you know, uh, truth be told, uh, I, uh, everything comes out of driven growth for me and I don't, I don't mm-hmm. handle any, any of that stuff. I just, you know, right sell the marijuana. So uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, all I know if there's a problem. So uh, yeah. I know it's competitive. I know you got to be on your game and, and growers are going to call and retailers are going to expect you to bend over backwards. I know that's probably part of it too. So mm-hmm. what's the competition been like and how has it progressed in the two years uh, um, since you heard that $4,000 price tag? <laughs> yeah. So um, they were they were getting deliveries, I believe, every two weeks up in the UP, um, paying about four thousand dollars for that um, because it was my, my understanding was it was billed hourly. Um, so we built our entire business plan based off of that. Um, people, especially given that we were out of state, people don't want to give you a lot of information before you're licensed um, in the same way that now that I've built something that I've worked really hard for, I don't want to give a lot of that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but we built a business plan based on an hourly rate. And by the time we were licensed in August, um, it wasn't even going for, for that much per drop. So it was an immediate kind of panic, if you will, um, at the beginning, but we were that far in, it was like, go, go, go. So we, I would say as far as transport cost goes, um, it's really started to even out like last year, uh, probably middle of last year. And we've, we've got a good pricing structure. there's not nearly as many transporters coming online as there is growers, processors, stores, um, which is great. You know, everybody needs, everybody needs stuff. I've, I've had a conversation with, with people here and there. Nobody loves that transport exists. Nobody loves that they have to pay (laughs) extra um, to get their stuff places, but there's, there's a lot of added benefits to it. Um, You know, we work really hard to, to make the, what you're paying us a value because I know it's something you don't exactly want to pay for. Um, but I, I think the market on our end has sort of leveled out. Um, and there's there's some big players and we're all kind of just, you know, fighting to keep our piece of it. Nice. Yeah, Lindsay, um, you know, I, I, I think that um, the way that 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 I was introduced to you guys was a, was a cold call. I think somebody just came by and knocked on the door and, it was and, th- me. and yeah, yeah, and probably offered some candy if I'm not mistaken, yeah. but um, you know, uh, relationships are all too important in this industry of you, as you obviously have found out. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about the, the, the struggle. I mean, you guys came into the market in the middle of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. how, how was it trying to network and to, to build these relationships? Obviously you guys have done something right by, by getting these big contracts and, 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 you know, uh, doing a good job. So, so what was that like? Yeah. Um, so initially we, we lived in Florida. We were so beyond wrong. We thought we've got people that we're going to put in place. We're going to run this from Florida. <laughs> Couldn't have been more wrong. Um, like I said, we started in August of 2020 by October, my husband was here full time. And then we sold our house in Florida and I was here February of last year and we started um you know i would fly up and 
we went out, we would make a map or grab the map from the MRA website and, and just go down the list. We were driving around, handing out brochures, trying to meet people. Um, I remember we went to a lot of, we know now because we go to a lot of them, but you go to these places and they don't exactly look like a grower or a processor. People are trying to not be out there in the open. So we're driving around looking so mm -hmm. suspicious. Like you'd see a <laughs> fence, like you can tell they're trying to keep people out. And I'm like, hi, please let me in. I'd like to talk to you. Um, and I remember going when we started in Lansing, cause that's where we're based and going to, to true cannabis and Kevin saying, Hey, you know, I appreciate you coming by, but I've got my people. And I was so just like, Oh, that's what we're going to get from everybody. Um, and it was, it was what we got from a lot of people. And at the same time, I remember getting in the car and my husband and I feeling so just like, after you hear that so many times, you just feel like, what have we done? We just sank everything into this. Um, but you also have to respect that there's people who came before us and, Absolutely. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect someone who has had someone service them properly for so long to, to change for any reason. You know, I'd be upset if people did that to me. So it was just a matter of continuing to call, continuing to go places. Um, a big help for us was getting in with people who are also new, um, building our reputation by servicing people who didn't, you know, they hadn't had a bunch of people approach them yet. They didn't have somebody in place. And now it's a lot of, um, getting referrals from people or really filling in last minute. Hey, somebody couldn't get this done for me. Can you help me out? Um, and proving that we're, we're, we're going to make things work no matter what. And uh, building that, that trust between people. Cause why use me when you could use somebody else if we're providing the same thing. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember you guys stopping by and, and, and telling you guys that, but the beauty of, of, of the way that this all works and there being a somewhat limited amount of transporters are, is that we've ended up working with you guys probably 10 mm -hmm. or 15 times over the year. Um, and, uh, and it's worked out great. So, um, you know, fortunately for you guys, there, there is those gaps that you guys can step in mm -hmm. and fill. And then, uh, like you said, you just, uh, you start to rub shoulders and you start to build those relationships and then, uh, people call you back and, and, uh, that's like the stepping stone of getting into the industry. And I right. think you guys, you guys have done a really good job of doing that. So, um, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I know, uh, we sent Tanya out. Um, she's technically our employee relations manager, but she went by to some places and I think she stopped by, uh, and I was like, Tanya, they already have our information. I've already talked to them. And she's like, well, it doesn't hurt to stop by. And it's true. You know, the more you like, I'm not there pushing saying, hey, give me what you got. It's, hey, this is who we are. Just so you don't forget. Here's a box cutter and our business card, you know. That's great. No, you're, it's an awesome success story because it takes me back. You mentioned insurance. I remember when mm -hmm. I was, a, I sold big commercial accounts insurance for over mm -hmm. a decade and it's at one time it took me seven years to get my biggest account but you just the, the, the when when their person screws up you know you want to be the first person yeah. that they call but awesome really cool prospecting all the new people being in the game working it so mm -hmm. very uh very cool uh uh story on how how you made it uh with it without uh you know i was actually pretty very curious about it so i'm always fascinated <laughs> about the, the business side of it entrepreneurship what's been some of the the biggest what's what's been the biggest struggle um like you talked about did you know i heard you say did we did we make this mistake i mean how 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 far one way did it get and uh you know what would you learn from it um yeah gosh there's there's been a lot of struggles um it's my husband and i talk about it all the time about how i i bring it up quite a bit about how i'm trying to focus on there's all these things that have happened but look how far we've come um we, there was plenty of times where we almost threw in the towel. Uh, I didn't read the 
the licensing and application stuff correctly. And we got our invoice for our med license and it was twice what I thought it was. Um, and I had already, I didn't have anything left. Um, and I, I remember being in Florida and looking at him and saying, we don't have anything. We need to cut ties, like just cut our losses and be done. Um, and my mom of all people was like, are you crazy? Like, we'll figure it out. Um, then we got into it, got going and to find out that prices were not what they were. I'm like, all right, this is sign number two. Like we <laughs> we're done. This is it. We're not, we're not going to do this. Um, and then you just get so far into it that you've worked too hard to, you, I finally realized, you know, we've put too much into this. Um, it, I, I haven't grown, so I can't say for sure, but I imagine it would be like having, you know, one set of crop fail and being like, all right, I'm done. You know, you know, yeah. that's not an option and you, ha you have to keep moving forward. So there, there's been struggles. Um, I was sure we didn't need a big van. So we got a little Nissan NV200 and it was immediately not big enough. <laughs> and then we got a really big refrigerated box truck and it was too big. Um, so it was a lot of trial and error figuring out what's the right amount of people to have, what's the, the right amount of um, vans to have. I think our biggest overall struggle has been um, finding employees and, and, having them take a, take it seriously, treat it like a job. Um, the team we have now is great. And that, that hasn't always been the case. Um, it, with COVID everyone was hiring for the last year and, and you would see jobs at like McDonald's for 15, 16 bucks an hour. And so there was a lot of people who were coming in wanting way higher wages than what we could afford as a small business. Um, so we've, we've built our team slowly, but surely. And it's, it's important to me that the people who work for me know that they're taken care of as we grow, they're, they're going to be, you know, treated like that. Uh, that's awesome. I just saw a couple of nice comments from some of our friends at the show, Roy Liskey at local roots and Allison, uh, page up at superior selection. So, uh, both, both very, uh, great people. So, uh, Thanks. Yeah, no, we Thanks. love both of them. <laughs> Local Roots is our favorite. All and right. The people up at Superior, you know, being in the UP, they have a whole different perspective. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Good people. Um, my question is, like, you get a unique perspective in watching the market. And, mm -hmm. you know, you've you've been through two over two years now. So you've seen two Croptobers. Um, and you've, you've been through them and then you've been, uh, through this next one. What, what do you see on your end as far as like, I know sometimes there'll be just growers panicking, you know, you, you're probably pulling up to retailers and, uh, there's 15 or there's five vendors trying to sell, sell yeah. product to them. So just like, what's your perspective on, on how the market's fluxed over the last two years? And you know, what, what, what perspectives are you seeing that we don't see? Um, it's been crazy, you know, last year, uh, well, I guess two years ago in 2020, um, didn't know what Croptober was. We were still pretty new and we had a big uptick, but didn't attribute it to anything. Cause we didn't know that was why, um, that's the part that, you know, I kind of always feel silly about is we don't have that cannabis background. We don't know. We didn't at the time why there was so much going on in October. Um, but last year, in 20, 2020 and 2021, things are real busy. And then all of a sudden it's like nothing. The holidays is is completely dead. And we uh, we saw the same thing this past year. October wasn't nearly as busy as we had thought it was going to be. Um, I, I don't know 
you know, kind of what happened. I, it sounds like there wasn't as much flour out there. So it, the prices didn't drop. I know there was a lot of places, um, retail places waiting for prices to drop before they ordered. And then that wasn't happening and wasn't happening. Um, so it was kind of a slow, a slow go at it. And then even this year we're waiting, you know, I was just talking with Tom yesterday. We're waiting for that upswing to happen again, leading up to 420. Um, last year that that's what I mean when I say we grew faster than we were prepared for. Um, I knew that people love to have a reason to celebrate. We didn't know how crazy that was going to be. Um, but I think that there's so many growers and processors where it feels a lot of people will talk about it's saturated, it's saturated, it's saturated. Um, but I don't know that they're seeing the amount of stores that are coming online. You know, I think that the things are growing. The problem isn't necessarily in saturation. Um, one of the problems we see with the market is people coming in and, and undercutting on prices. It's just un unnecessary low prices that are that are making it difficult for some of the smaller smaller growers, smaller um, processors to to sustain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ryan had mentioned um, Croptober, and I was wondering about your perspective on um, logistics for that. Um, you know, uh, some of these these large facilities are, are are harvesting thousands of thousands of pounds and plants, and and uh, as a transporter, uh, how do you guys how do you guys deal with that? I mean, is it just taking fifty trips to different mm -hmm. places, or are you you mentioned getting a bigger truck and then it was too big, and and so how, how did that all work out? Yeah, so we got a van that was too small and then we got a truck that was too big. Um, we kept both of them and made it work. Um, so we have a 14 foot box truck that come Croptober or when people are doing a lot of fresh frozen, it's got the reefer unit on it. Um, it, it works great. There have been there have been a handful of times where we'll send that down. It's just we, instead of doing like a, a flat rate for the transport, it's a, an hourly rate or a day rate. And we just go back and forth. Um, the, the nice thing about being, you know, me, my husband or our operations manager, Sarah, will we'll communicate with people, figure out what is the best plan. OK, financially for you guys, it would make more sense for me to come twice than for you to rent the truck for the whole day. Um, so maybe I'll come pick up half of it today, half of it tomorrow. And in most cases, if you're if you're willing to talk through logistics with people there, it's not as. I say this and Sarah will probably laugh. It's not as scary as it seems until you've got about 30 people calling y'all at once trying to figure out how to make it all work. Um, the logistics sometimes can be a nightmare when you're trying to make everybody happy. You know, you've got, we've built relationships with, with so many clients that there's times where you have to figure out who to prioritize. Who do, who do I want to make mad the least? Because there are times when we can't get it all done. Um, and then we start buying more vans. <laughs> That's, we're up to, I think six. We've got the sixth one on the way. Nice. So. And uh, the prices of vans, I'm, I'm guessing, aren't going down. <laughs> no. Um, that that's my husband's wheelhouse. I let him take care of it for the most part because I get annoyed when I look. Um, mm -hmm. COVID made it really difficult with with vehicles in general. Anyone who was looking for for yeah. cars, whether it was personal or commercial, knows that they just weren't available. Um, we we anytime we see them we inquire about them whether they're used or if you see a new one on on a like a dealer's website as in transit it's about making a phone call right away and making sure hey i'm gonna need that um but it, it's been it's been tough for sure because nobody wants to finance it um having the cash flow to just buy them or or 
partnering up with with a finance company that's comfortable with what we do. Mm. So Lindsay, as we're sitting here talking about this stuff, it just clicked in my head. What, how is the gas prices affecting your, your, your industry and, and the business? What do you, are you rolling that into the client at this point? Are you in the kind of hover pause phase and kind of see where this goes? What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, so over the summer, we, we added a fuel surcharge to each drop. Um, we added a $5 fuel surcharge. And at the time we calculated that that was because we, we started seeing that prices were either rising or were going to be. Um, we added a fuel surcharge reluctantly. I, I hate changing our prices, um, but we didn't get pushback. Everyone understood at this point, um, they've risen higher than we anticipated. So we're kind of in a holding pattern. I don't want to, to do anything further with that. Um, but it's kind of wait and see, you know, I, my husband and I went on a run yesterday and it was $127 to fill up one of our vans. Um, it's, it's difficult because I think that I think I had seen it somewhere on Facebook. People are talking about it's it's integrated into every part of this. Um, you know, if you're needing packaging, is your packaging costing more because getting it to you is costing more? Yeah. Is like any materials. I, I was joking with Tom yesterday. I said your dube tubes that were stuck out at sea. That's where my vans are stuck, you know, and getting things to people is costing more in every aspect. So we're trying to minimize any additional cost on our end because I know people are feeling it throughout. So when you started, uh, did, did you, um, um, sorry about that, Kevin. Uh, did, when you started, uh, um, did, was it just uh, you and your husband? You mentioned you were gonna run it from down there, uh, down to Florida, but like, did, have you done like every job or how, how has that gone? Yeah. So, um, my father-in-law was here running it. Um, and then we had hired two people, uh, that were drivers and we had been up here, uh, run, you know, been on runs, done the routing. Um, I built, I am not a computer science person by any means, but I built a Google sheet that seems to work pretty well. And so I was doing routing. We're taking calls, going out, meeting people, and then also going, and, and making these runs, going and, and delivering the product, picking things up. Um, it's, it's usually better if I don't go on the runs because I like to go in and talk to people and tell me, tell me about your stuff. Like what, you know, what's going on here? And then we get behind schedule. So um, our crew is really good at, at kind of keeping that balance. They, they know how to make the small talk, but make it quick. I don't know how to do that as much. Um, <laughs> But we've we've done all aspects of it. Um, and even now, like I said, we were on a run yesterday. If there's something that's needed um, last minute, there, there's a balancing act between is it worth going to do it or am I losing money? Um, I would like to be able to do everything for everyone, but it's important to, to step back and say, okay, is this creating new relationships or is this a one-off that I'm actually losing money on that isn't going to be worth it? So, hey, Lindsay, to pivot real quick, um, you know, mm -hmm. we've been we've we brought you on for um, Women's History Month. And so I wanted mm -hmm. to talk to you a little bit about inclusion and, and the marijuana industry. You know, we've kind of talked to all of our guests about it. And, and we you know, I've kind of I kind of feel like and, and, and I, I hope some of the women do, too, that the, the marijuana industry has been more inclusive than um, most of, of the other other industries. And I want you to kind of maybe talk to us about your experience so far working in the mar marijuana industry as a woman compared to working in 
in another sector of, of, of employment, which you've done in the past. And um, also, if you could touch on a little bit, um, what advice maybe you would give to uh, an up and coming woman that's looking to get into the industry and, and what they could do that that might help them, uh, you know, get along a little bit easier? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, I, I, I agree with, with that it's been more inclusive um, for, for women it wasn't as much of a struggle. You know, I, like I said, I was an insurance adjuster in Florida. Um, most of the insurance adjusters were, were men. Um, you're climbing on roofs, doing a lot of things that are traditionally a male role. Um, so I would get a lot of pushback. I would show up for an inspection and people would say, Oh, you're going to get on my roof. Oh, do you know how to do that? <laughs> and then I, I come here and was super nervous, right? Because I thought of this as like I said, my cousin was a caregiver. He then he he transitioned into having a store. It was him and his buddies who ran it. Um, but the first time I went to the store before we were even licensed, that that trip when we went up to the UP, you know, the first face I see when I when I walk in is is a woman, uh, Marsha, up at the fire station Nagani, and super welcoming and wasn't wasn't super intimidating. And then as we got into it, I, I met people, you know. Alyssa from Noble Road, or when I met Tom and Krista, you know, I knew Tom and Krista at the same time. And it, there's people who have come, there's women who have come and done it before me, which made it a lot easier to get into. Um, but at the same time, there's, there's people who I mesh really well with. Um, I, I was, I was telling Tom, women, women like doing business with women for the most part. Um, we understand each other. And I think that's one of the huge benefits of this isn't Emerald isn't a, a woman run company. It's it's my husband and I, and there's people that he meshes really well with. Um, there's relationships that he's built and there's relationships that I've built. There's places we've gone where I don't know if I would have been able to lock it down without him being there and vice versa. Um, I think that in, in terms of like what advice I would give to, to a, a woman trying to get into this, it treat it as if it's no different that, that, whether you're a woman or a man, it doesn't matter, you know, have your ducks in a row, have some confidence about you that you know what you're doing. Um, I think people really appreciate that when, when I call and I know, you know, here's, Hey, we've got an issue. Here's three possible solutions. Um, being able to work through that. I was just on a call before, before the show and to, to have some options, know, know what you're doing and, and be honest when you don't, <laughs> you know, just because, you're, you're playing maybe in a, in a, a field with mostly, mostly men. Um, you've got to have the, the confidence about you that that doesn't really matter. Yeah. I think that's some great, great advice in general for everybody, not just women, you know, have your shit together and that mm -hmm. way you don't give anybody an excuse to treat you any differently than anybody else. And when Absolutely. they do, you know that they're the problem and it's not you. So I think that's really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. The more you can have your stuff together, the, the easier it is. And even if that means, getting it together now before you make a phone call um in in texas they call it buffalo and make it at least make it seem like you know what you're talking about <laughs> you know kevin we've been taught i've i've heard that now uh on a few shows and i feel like we're evolving kind of understanding our opinion for me i just thought of something on top of that is a lot of us all came as caregivers and the plant does, you know, does not care if you're a man or a woman. That's, that's kind of the culture. You either, you get it done or, or you don't. Yeah. And we, uh, you know, we arrived a lot of that from that. So I, I, I like, it. I know mentally, maybe I'm sure, you know, we, we have our biases, but I've, uh, for a lot of, a lot of parts, I know like people are trying to survive right now. And if mm -hmm. you're good and you can get the job done, I don't, I don't, you know, people in cannabis, for the most parts, 
pretty much just like you know uh are cool just just get the job done but yeah. um i uh, i noticed that you mentioned uh you know we had roy uh uh, uh turpin and allison and, and then you know there's tom and krista and all these other people have you what have you of uh what's it been like as far as the networking obviously you're making friends you're a lot of new friends it's uh an interesting community uh it's great uh lifelong friends for some of the people that you're meeting um i've known for a while or just known uh just in the last year so what have you done with that and uh what, what's it been like with the relationships even outside of work yeah i i think that um honestly a lot of the the friendships that we've made started from some kind of a problem um whether it was a problem on our end or a problem on somebody else's um i think that you know we we had made the same kind of cold calls up to to Tom at Real Leaf and they had what they needed. And then there was a last minute thing and they're like, hey, somebody fell through. We need your help. Um, and then, you know, talking to people regularly, one of the things one, one of my one of my guys, his, his his favorite part about this job is is learning about our clients and being able to go to a new store and say, hey, these people have this, this and this. I've had it or I know these people. Um, so it's really it's about being more than transport. You know, anybody yeah. can pick something up and drop it off. Um, but like when we go to local roots, the first time we went there, we we knew we were going to be there for a while. They they were like, hey, we want to have all of our people here. So we understand this process. We, we made time for that. Um, it's it's so much easier to continue to do business with people when you know how they work, you know what they want. And so we, we focus a lot on. I, I, I tell people all the time when when mistakes happen, it's tough. The the volume that we're doing, my team has to know everybody's processes. Your team only has to know yours, but mine has to know this stop. They want it done like this. This stop, they want it done like yeah. that. So we, we pride ourselves on, on getting to know what people like, what people want, what people have. Anytime we have a new client, I'll tell them, give me some business cards. My, my crew will hand them out. They hand them out like candy. They love it. It's It makes it a lot more fun than just being, hey, I've got your stuff. Um, so we've 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 built some good relationships. Um, I will drive out to Langsburg all day before before stopping at a place in Lansing because I'd rather support, you know, Roy and Caitlin than than someone I don't know. Not to say the stores in Lansing have anything wrong with them, but um, they've they've built that kind of a a culture, and and that's the kind of thing we want to support. That's that's very cool. Um, you mentioned something, and uh, I, um, it sounds like you might have a perspective on it. Uh, you talked about, yeah, the grows and everyone's coming online, the processing, but you said, you know, the people don't realize how much retail is coming on. And, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm feeling it too. We're getting in a lot of new stores. We're working really hard. Like certain towns are, you know, obviously Gaylord just came online. Yeah. Uh, the first one open, there's 28 licenses. So that's going to be, be wild. Um, the Southern borders, there's always places kind of popping up and then yeah. getting on that. So do you have any uh, insights on on how many are opening up? Do you feel like the percentage, or how many new ones you've seen each week or month, or what? Uh, what? Yeah, what made you say uh, all the new ones? Yeah. Um, so, in in terms of municipalities, it's so there's so much to keep up on. I know, you know, I hear new things. Whether like somebody posted on Facebook, like I know Grand Haven is in a battle with with their people trying to get oh, that yeah. going. Um, but then when I talked to Kim up at Rise Iron Mountain and she's like, yeah, we got our new store opening in Gaylord. Thank yep. goodness, because I live in Claire. There's a new store that just opened in Coleman about 10 minutes from here. But until you get 
about two hours north, there's nothing. <laughs> um, so there, there's new places like, like Gaylord, I think has been a long time coming. Um, yeah. The ones in Detroit. So Detroit is huge, obviously, but then you've got all of the outliers where they're not actually Detroit. Um, like when I think Monroe opened recently. Oh yeah. Um, Luna Pier has been open for a little while, but down in that area. And it, from, from what we're seeing, I think that some of the out, the outlying areas in Detroit, people are, people are, Detroit's taking too long to go wreck. So people are just yeah. moving to a place where they're going to allow it. Um, I, I feel the same way about Traverse city. You know, if Traverse city yep. is going to continue to take that long, people are just going to make the drive to Kalkaska. You know, it's, yep. it's uh, unfortunate for the places where people have, have started people have their roots there and then can't for whatever reason get get the city to understand that this is beneficial um being from the industry i think i, I think it's a no-brainer um but i'm sure there's a lot more politically to it than that yeah it's all the different landmines of uh, of you know when everybody started opting in and who was first and mm -hmm. you know, traverse city and detroit you talk about those two they were two of the crown jewels everybody had to have it and now it's been it's been rough and then uh, you look at somebody that might have gotten one on a border and that ended up being the crown jewel. So pretty, pretty fascinating yeah. stuff. And I do feel like there's new stores coming online and, and people are working them. There's still a lot of opportunities and mm -hmm. a lot of new stores. And uh, um, well, that's that's incredible. I, uh, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, time, time flew. Um, yeah. It's an awesome, awesome story of uh, entrepreneurship. I'm, I was a door to door book salesman in college. So <laughs> anyone that goes door to door, I buy what they're selling uh, and uh, I always have a special place like always like almost brings back emotion hearing about you knock on doors and, and making yeah. it, you know, like that's 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 the way to do it. So I want to give Absolutely. Kevin a chance to uh, Kevin a chance to uh, say goodbye and uh, you as well. And Yeah, Lindsay, it's great having you on the show. Um, I really like to uh, give our guests the opportunity to um, to give out their information. So if somebody's trying to reach Emerald uh, Transport to get some uh, work done, how do they get a hold of you? And um, again, thanks for being on the show. It's been a great conversation and uh, I look forward to working with you guys in the future and moving forward and wish you the best of luck. Yeah, thank, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, you know, I told Tom yesterday, it's a, it's a little bit of validation that even as just transport, you know, we've made it to the point where people people want to hear what we have to say. We do. We have a different perspective. Um, if you need to get a hold of me, you can call us. Uh, I don't know if I should just give you the phone number. It's 517-721-1550. Um, our website, you can email us from our website, emeraldtransportmichigan.com. Uh, find me on Facebook. Send me a message. Send me a text. And, uh, you know, we... We'll get you taken care of. I try to shut off at, at a certain time and then realize that when you uh, are operating a growing business, there is no there is no closing time. So got to do what you got to do. That's, that's awesome. Thanks. Thanks again so much, Lindsay. Uh, really appreciate hearing your story and, um, you know, glad that you that you came on. I know I've, I've seen you comment over the, over the months and the years and I, I we, we appreciate the support as well. And just another great uh business story entrepreneurship and uh you know um another successful woman in michigan cannabis so with that Absolutely. we'll see everybody yeah we'll see everybody next week thank you thank you the smoke and rope podcast is produced and hosted by me ryan basor the owner of redemption cannabis have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show contact us at ryan b at redemptioncanna.com Thanks for being along for the journey.